Matter of fact, why would you want to? Why would you want to? Don't you want to leave here knowing that God filled you up and gave you something to take out there to be the church? Amen. So you guys welcome Ron Campbell as he comes and brings us to work. Well, good morning. Ah, that's nice. I love it. Yes. Father, we just thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Have your way with us. Lead us and guide us. Reveal Christ to us. I pray for every person today that's here, Father, that we can bind the minds of the saints to the mind of Christ. And Lord, that we can release every single thing as a contradiction of your word and your will from their minds right now. Every knee has to bow. Every tongue confess that Christ is Lord. Thank you for the outpouring of your presence this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So, you know, we mostly, or most of us, from the time we're born to the time we close our eyes and we leave and we shake off this earthly vessel before we go into the presence of God, we have a journey. We have a historical, uh, what I call a historic experience with ourselves. And, you know, I think where we are today is not where we plan to be, but we're on a journey. So this is not the final reality. This is not the be-all and end-all. We're on a journey. This is just part of the process to get us where we need to go. So I've been sitting down for the last couple of months, I think the last four months, and I've been writing a book. Now, I know in the past I've said I'm not going to ever write a book, but you know what? I repent. I lied. <laughs> the Lord has impressed on my heart to sit down and write a book. So I just finished it. It's called The Path to the Prophetic, and within the next month I'm going to have it in publishers and get it out there because it's my journey, my walk and experience in encountering God as a prophet. And knowing him from the day that I was born, that God had his eye on me and that he had my purpose set. And all I had to do is he's been taking me on this journey to bring me to that purpose. Now, the journey in itself has been filled with a lot of challenges. And like many of you, you know, every day your life is filled with challenges. But the challenges we have seen and think are there to stop us or deter us or to destroy us but really they're not I believe the challenges come to reveal God's glory in you and I know that sounds a hard thing to accomplish and understand but I want to I want to speak to you tonight today and give you a perspective on your eyesight on your spiritual eyesight that you have eyes to see what the spirit is saying and doing and so in this process of me writing this book uh, I've had to sit down and go back and look at my history, my journey, my walk. So like I said, it's going to be published. It's going to be available in the next month. But the journey for me has been a unique one. And every one of us have a unique journey. You can never say that you'll have the same journey as me. But there's some things that I've gained and learned on the road of this experience about the Lord. Some things I've experienced with Him, from Him. And one of the things that I've experienced from Him is God's glory. A number of years ago, I was in a conference in Arizona, and I was praying that God would reveal His glory to me. And uh, the next day, I, I was confronted by an accusation, which I basically uh, just really almost destroyed me. And then I said to the Lord, well, why, when I ask for your glory, why is it that this happened? And God said to me, when you partake in my suffering, you will also partake in my glory. I know, it's funny, hey? It's lovely. 
So I want to share a scripture with you if I can. If you've got your Bible with you. I always look at Jesus, how he, how he did things. To understand what it is that we need to do and what we are doing. So I want to take you to the book of John. That's Genesis, Exodus, John. Chapter 9. I want to show you something. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? See, isn't that funny? There always has to be a question asked, what caused the problem? Why is it that you are going through the battles? What caused? I mean, what is the cause? See, always looking for a cause of why we're going through the things we're going through. Who's responsible? Is it your parents? Is it your grandparents? Is it your mother, your father, your uncle, your brother? Is it the economy? Is it the country? Is it the church? Is it the government? Always looking for a way to, to find out where a thing comes from. But I think if we can get some perspective and start understanding what Jesus was dealing with, you can see what I'm trying to say. Let's just move on. Jesus answered, Neither has this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. There's another translation which says the glory of God may be manifest in him. So let me, just, let me just talk to you for a minute. Could it be that you're going through the situations that you're in so that the glory of God can be manifest through you? I mean, that's totally obnoxious to even think that God would allow you to go through any form of challenge or suffering so he can reveal his glory. What did he do to Lazarus? What did he allow Lazarus to do? He allowed him to die. And then he said, this sickness is not unto death, but is there to reveal God's glory. So we have to start looking at this whole situation with different eyes. You know? And if you don't enjoy what I'm sharing, you can listen to the music. <laughs> While Kel is prophesying on the strings... The message is going out. That's a good thing. Here's what he said. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh where no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So part and parcel of this whole thing is that you go through the experiences and the challenge in life you go through. So the, the light of the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ can be revealed through you as a parable to the unsaved and the unregenerate. Because people watch you. People look at your lives. How do I know that? Well, if you make a mistake, how many people are going to find that and going to criticize you? Lots, right? Those same people are going to criticize you. When God does something, they're going to say, well, I don't really know what happened, but it seemed like it was a miracle. Am I right? So there's always something going on. There's always some opportunity for God to reveal His glory through you. We'll get to some more of that in a second. And so when you had spoken... He spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said, Go, he said unto him, Go and wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. Now, I don't believe that was really a miracle. I believe that was a creative miracle. He gave him new eyes. So, what I'm talking to you today is I want you to start. Asking the Holy Spirit, giving you new eyes to see. Eyes to see God's glory. Eyes to see God's purpose in your life. Eyes to see things as they really are in the Spirit. Versus thinking the way they are. Or versus letting somebody else tell you the way they are. 
having your eyes remade for wonder. But here's the challenge. In the day that Jesus did this, uh, he was still under the law. And at that stage, it was a curse if you spat on the ground. Now, and then he made mud and he rubbed it in the guy's eyes. So I can imagine the uh, religious public must have really had a lot of things to say, I'm sure. As you read further down, you'll see a lot of even family members had things to say. But here's what I want to share with you. This is something God showed me. Let me ask you a question. Um, when the police sometimes arrest you and they, you know, they check in you, they do a DNA test, right? What do they do? They, they swab your mouth, right? Not that I've been swabbed, but anyway, I'm just saying. I've seen it on TV, <laughs> CSI. <laughs> they swab your mouth, don't they? Why? Because your DNA is in your saliva. Now, here's what Jesus did. When he spat on the ground, it was the DNA of God the Father that he spat on the ground. And what did he spit on the ground for? Because we are made from the dust of the earth. So Jesus introduced his DNA into the model of which we were made with, the, the substrate, the product that we were made with, was sand, dust. And he mixed them two together, and he wiped it on the man's eyes. And then he instructed the man to go to the pool of Siloam, which means sent, and wash himself. And when the man stood up, he could see. I believe that whole process is metaphorically speaking of the conversion process that we go through when we come to Christ. I believe it says this, that when you give your life to Jesus and He redeems you and washes you in the blood, that His Spirit enters into you, which is the DNA of the Father. Am I right? Not only that, when Adam was created in the garden, God breathed in his nostrils the pneuma, which is known as the Ruach. And today we have within us the breath of God, which is the Ruach HaKadosh. That's what raises you up, and that's what gives you the breath of God in your life. That's what gives you the ability to speak for God. So God introduces His glory into you through His Holy Spirit, right? And so that another thing happened in this case too. He changes your DNA. The Bible speaks about it very clearly. It says, no longer are you bone of your mother's bone or your father's bone, but you are bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. So immediately in that process of conversion, coming to Christ, there's a glory experience that takes place. There's a changing in your eyesight, the way you see. There's a changing in your DNA, where you come from. There's a changing in who you are. There's a transformation in your future. There's a, a, an experience that takes place in that situation that brings you fully into a place where you God's representative. You are like God. You're not God, but you like Him. The Bible says you created in His likeness and image. You have the fullness of the Spirit inside of you. You have the DNA of God in you because you're now bone of His bone and His blood courses through your veins. So everything that you are now is a representation of Him. Plus, Revelation says this, that He's written on a stone, a white stone, a new name for you. So no longer is your name fallen or destructive or damaged or, or perverted or anything. Now, now your name is righteous. Now your name is something that He gives you. And the Bible says that only you and Him will know that name. So here's my exhortation to you. Get to know the name that He calls you. Because in the name that He calls you is your destiny, is your purpose, is your future. 
When I was younger and I went through all my trials and tribulations in my life and all the stuff that happened was part of my journey, my name was Life Taker. But the day when I had a conversion process, somebody said to me, what do you think God calls you? And I said, I don't know. And the Spirit of the Lord dropped a word in my head. He said, you are now a life giver. And so from that day, I became life giver. Even though I'm still going through the journey and going through the challenges and encounter problems in my life and encounter things that are just not right, it doesn't change the fact that the glory of God still is in you. It still works. God's not expecting you to be perfect. He's not expecting, well, you need to be perfect before God. No, that's what, that's what the religious public want you to be, perfect. But let me tell you, we are the righteousness of Christ. Nothing about us is righteous. We are His righteousness. And so in this whole process, when the man went to the pool of Siloam and washed himself, when he came out, his eyes were remade. And so when we went through the water of baptism, the old body died. And when you rose up out of the water of baptism, the Bible says you are a new creation in Christ. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I want you to start looking from that new perspective at who you are and what is your life about. What is your purpose about? Forget about the challenge. Forget about the problems. The enemy wants you to focus on the national problems and the national debt and the national challenge and the lack of work and the lack of this and the lack of that. But you are connected into a heavenly realm. Yes, you may be carnal and you may be physical. You may be walking on this earth, but you're connected on a heavenly realm. You're seated with Christ in heavenly places, above powers and principalities. You have a sniper's perch above everything in this earth. You can see like other people can't see. You need to understand the conversion process that's taken place with you. You are now a prophetic generation. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You walk with the power of God. God reveals His glory through you. Man was blind so that the glory of God could be revealed through him. You and I were sinners so that the glory of God could be revealed through us. That common, simple flesh that was destroyed through sin can be risen up in Christ and overthrow the kingdom of darkness. That is what you got. That is where your visual perspective needs to be. You need to see yourself the way He sees you. Right? He fearfully and wonderfully created you. If you just go back and look, there's impossible for you to be created the way you are created. A unique being, a one-off. There's no one else like you. You're a one-off. I call it the audience of one. You need to understand what He's done with you. Prophetically, people, the stuff we talk about here, like we're speaking about at Freedom Fellowship, how God's brought this place together. You people were all in the dream that Harold and Mary Lou had. When God brought me into this fellowship and relationship with these people, we started to call those things forth. All of you that are sitting here have been called forth prophetically. You're not here because you just need a church. You're here because by the Spirit, God has revealed He's called forth people. The worship team has called forth. I'm part of the team that calls things forth within this church, within this congregation. Because why? It's because I'm seeing on a different level. I'm not seeing the natural. I'm not looking at how many congregants we have. I'm looking at how much God is equipping the body. I'm looking at how much God is causing the saints to be equipped and discipled and trained and sent out. That's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at it from a kingdom perspective. That is why it's imperative for you and I to understand today that we need to have our eyes remade for glory. We need to be able to see 
the way God sees, because we are His ambassadors. We are the voice of God that stands in the earth. Listen, the nation in itself, you can have a million-man march, and you won't change a thing in this nation. Why? Because God says, when two people are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. So instead of having a million-man march to change the political strata of this nation, how about two people get together? Two people here, two people there, two people there, two people there, and you'll change this nation. Instead of us as a, as a nation of people, of Christians specifically, being uh, critical and ridiculed and judgmental of politics and the government, instead of us doing that, why don't we get together and start calling forth what is hidden, calling forth something that we can see, that God would raise up the government of God in the nation, that God would raise up the kingdom in the nation, that God would break the power of the spirit of judgment over the nation, that God would break this racial bias and hatred over the nation. Because that's not God's purpose for us. We are all God's children, created in His likeness and image. We're no longer black, nor white, bond, nor free, Jew, nor Greek, male, nor female, but we're a new creation in Christ. That's what we need to start prophesying. That's what we need to start speaking. I had a talk to a man the other day, and he challenged me about why we have such weak political candidates. I said, have you heard of the law of reciprocity? He said, no. I said, it's the law of sowing and reaping. I said, as you sow with your mouth, you reap. And the violence and the hatred and the malice and the things we've spoken against authority and government and leadership, is, that's the reason why we have what we have. You want to start changing what we have? Start changing what you're saying. Life and death in the power of the tongue, people. We are here to represent God's glory. We are here to administer His glory on the earth. We are here because we carry the light of God within us. We're not here because we just want to be another group of people that get together on Sunday and have a good old time around God and then go back to our normal lives. We want to transform culture. We want to, we want to bring God's redemption to the lost and to the wounded and to the hopeless. We want to be able to stand up and say, the government, you don't need to feed the poor anymore. That's our job. We don't want the government to throw illegal citizens out. We want to God to say, you know what God did to Israel because they treated the aliens wrong? He put them in captivity. We don't want to be in captivity. We want to receive all those that God sends. Hello? I know this is touchy, but guess what? Take two aspirin. Call me in the morning. Because this is the truth, people. This is the truth. We're a nation that God has called. And you're going to stand in the Statue of Liberty and you start looking and what it says. Give us your poor. You don't want that? Take that statue down. Right? That's a prophetic word standing there. Close it down. Pull it down. Otherwise, guess what's going to happen? They're going to come. Why are they going to come? Jobs, whatever. But I think most of them are going to come because they want to experience and encounter the glory of God. But unfortunately, the church has been so sidetracked. It's time today for a prophetic generation to rise up with the kingdom in them with healing in their wings and start to prophesy and speak and declare. And that is you. That is what you've been called to. That is why the Ruach HaKadosh has called you out of the world into the kingdom and revealed Christ to you and given you this great anointing that you have. That when you go into a situation, wherever your feet shall tread, that shall belong to you. Why you're in the companies and the jobs that you're in is so that you can be an ambassador of Christ. You don't need to be religious. You just need to be. Be the bee. Go ahead and pollinate. Do the thing that you're trained to do, called to do. 
And I know it sounds like I'm being strong, but listen, people, our nation is in trouble. Our leaders are in trouble. And it's going to take the church to rise up and to start doing what they're called to do. You know, in South Africa during apartheid, there was racial discrimination, hatred, and violence for years until the church got a revelation. And all the leaders from all the different denominations got together and started to pray and felt moved by the Holy Spirit to go and confront the president of the nation and said, you need to repent and you need to release the captives and you need to stop this and you need to change this because if you don't, there'll be blood in the streets and it's on your hands. And guess what the government did? They said, yes, sir. And they changed and they released Mandela out of prison. Why? Because the glory of God appeared in the presidential palace. It's time for us to have the glory of God appear in the White House, in the Senate, in the Congress, in the CEO executives' offices. But you know what it is? We've become so baptized in pickle juice and so religious that we have no, the world has no need for us because we're critical and judgmental. I mean, come on, seriously. Have you listened to some Christians what comes out of their mouth? What's in the heart comes out the mouth. And I know this is probably confrontational, but you know, what can I do? This is what I am. I'm a voice for the Lord. If people don't like it, take two aspirin, call me in the morning. Sorry. But the bottom line is I have to speak the truth to you because I'm accountable to God for speaking the truth. And I'm telling you, it's time for us to have our vision reset, to have our eyes remade, to have our futures revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. Because my future is not for destruction or for calamity. God said, Jeremiah 29, He said, My future is for a hope and a future. Right? And I will call upon you, and you shall, you will, I will hear you, and I will answer you. That's what I want. I don't care about things. I want God, I want you to hear me. Hello? How many of you want God to hear you? Do you want Him to answer you? Some of you don't. Well, I'm not really sure. Because if he, if he answers me, then I'm going to have to do something. No, you're just going to have to be something. You don't have to do something. Just be something. Otherwise, you're just going to be a vapor. What are they going to write on your tombstone? Huh? Double pepperoni? Meat lovers? Yeah? I'm serious with you. It's, 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 that, time in the, it's that time in the earth. You hear me as a prophet, I'm telling you. I'm not telling you that you're going to get what you want. I'm telling you, get what you need. And if you need another bad four, eight years, you can get it. Because God wants to bring the church to repentance. Get rid of your religious spirit. You have the Holy Spirit in you. You don't need a religious spirit. Get the Holy Spirit in you. The Ruach, the breath of God. You have the DNA. You have the vision, you have the eyesight of God, you have the breath of God, you have the word of the Lord in you. You have the, the shoes of the gospel of peace. You have the belt of righteousness. You have the breastplate that protects your heart, right? You have the helmet of salvation. You're an army, you're a soldier. You have eyes to see what the Spirit is saying and doing. That's what you have. How many of you disagree with me? You won't do it publicly, I know. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, you're, you're the cry of my heart. You're what I'm saying. 
I'm trying to bring you a perspective of understanding that it's just not church as usual. You know, the nation is under siege. Children are under siege. Education is under siege. The things they're teaching children nowadays is ungodly. And somebody needs to rise up in their most holy faith and start speaking to that thing. You know, about 12 years ago, somewhere around there, in the 2000s, I prophesied that there would be a collapse in the banking industry. <laughs> and you know what they did? They took the microphone and chased me out the church. And guess what happened? The banking industry collapsed. Guess who lost their money? Them. I didn't. I knew it was coming, so I sold my shares. And I got my money out. But all the big guys, all the great guys that had their faith and their trust in the banking system, what happened? People, I'm just saying, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to be not. I'm just saying, come on, man. Come on, man. It's time for you to have your eyes remade to see the glory that God has put inside of you mere flesh that the whole kingdom of heaven is inside of you thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven I don't think there's any problems economically in heaven streets are made of gold I don't think there's problems I don't think there's any shortfall of sound, worship, music things going on in heaven we need to bring that stuff down and we are the ambassadors to bring that stuff down so here's my encouragement to you. Forget about your past. It has no reference to your future. You know why? Because the day you went through baptism and you died, you were remade. You had what they call an exchange life. You gave away your dirty old life and you picked up the life that Christ has for you. And that's where you are today. If you don't believe that, come up and I'll pray for you and I'll baptize you again. But I want to tell you something. You need to understand that you're not just here to work 70 years and hopefully leave a retirement or leave something for your children. You're here because God has imparted His kingdom inside of you to go and take it to the world. We can't do it. We're here to equip you. But you can do it. I'm, I'm working. I'm, I'm traveling every weekend. To go and equip people so they can do the work. You've not been called to be a pew warmer. You've been called to distribute this great glory that's put inside of you. I don't care what your battle is. I don't care how bad it is. Hey, listen. In a split second, you can change the battle. You can speak to it. I don't even pay attention to my battles anymore. Because you know what? I know that only there is a distraction. And the more time I spend on them, the less time I'm spending with Him. You know? The more time I spend with Him, the less I worry about my battles. So I love how Elisha's servant Gehazi came into the tent to Elisha and said to him, the Syrian army has surrounded us. <laughs> and Elisha said, there's more for us than those against us. Now, when you're surrounded and you're outnumbered, uh, I mean, it takes some chutzpah to get you to say, well, there's more for us than those against us. Well, the reason why is because Gehazi couldn't see. But Elisha could see because he was a seer. So when he went out, he said, Lord, let him see. 
And the scales fell of his eyes and he saw the army of the Lord encamped around about the enemy. Can you imagine the confidence that rose up inside of him at that point? And then the prophet went to do another thing. He prayed that the army that surrounded them would be blinded. The whole army, not one, the whole batch. And he led them to their enemy's camp. I'm talking about that's been some juju. Can you imagine that kind of juju? That's awesome. Eh? If you have somebody coming against you and they're not righteous and they're ungodly, and you can blind them and lead them into their enemy's camp, but suddenly they apprehended. I think it's good. That's what we're entitled to. So, Father, I thank you today that you'd give the saints eyes to see what the Spirit is saying today. Show them what I'm saying on behalf of you is true. Let them see your glory that is revealed in them. Let them not see themselves as a worm any longer, but let them see themselves as this ambassador that's been filled with the glory of God, despite the battles they're walking through, that their vision will be totally focused on the kingdom, that their purpose will be focused on doing what you've called them to do and what you've purposed them to do. I pray today that there would be a heart change and a mind change. And Father, I thank you that if there's any spirit of religion or tradition that will rise up and contradict your will and your word, we command it now to loose hold over the saints and to bow its knee to the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you set the captive free today. You heal the sick. Father, you said you deliver the brokenhearted. You set them free. Isaiah 61, Father, that's what you do. And you release people out of prisons, whether they're emotional, mental, physical, or whatever prison it's in, you release them out of it because that's what you are. You have the keys of the kingdom. And you said, Father, that you would give us the keys of the kingdom. And I pray today that you give every man and woman a key to unlock the thing that you want them to see. Whether it's in a dream, whether it's in a vision, whether it's in a prophetic word, whether it's in a song, whatever it's in, Lord, that you would give them the key to unlock their purpose. I do this in Jesus' name. Now I know normally what I do is I practice to prophesy over people, and, you know. But I want, you to, I want you to understand the severity of what I'm saying. I don't necessarily want to just prophesy over people at the moment, and I know that you probably need that, but I want you to listen to the word. Because the word is a prophetic word to you as a people. I don't want to distort or take away from it. I want, to, I want you to hear what I said. There's an urgency in my spirit as a prophet. There's an urgency in my spirit because of where we are as a culture. And listen, God always uncovers and exposes the enemy before he reveals his plan. All the stuff we see going on in culture. It was all so bad. No, it's God's uncovering the plan of the enemy that's been in, hidden in secret places. But he's going to reveal the plan and purpose to those that stand and walk with him. So I'm encouraging you right now. Get serious. You know, get into your scripture. Start reading your words so that you can... The Bible says a man looks into the mirror intently and looks away and forgets who he is. Is deceived. Do not allow the culture to deceive you. Do not allow this world to deceive you. You have the ability to rise above this thing. You have the scripture. You have the Holy Spirit. You have relationships around about you. I come to this church at least every six weeks. Why? 
because I'm part of your family. I didn't do this. God did this. I had a prophecy almost 20 years ago where God said that you will be part of a family and you will have a, a, a real influence and a power and a transformation on those people and they will likewise have the same thing on you. And I forgot all about that until I started to write my book and it popped out in my spirit and I saw it again. And I'm here because God has made me part of your family. And God has made you part of my family. And so we're together. We're in this together. And so it's imperative for me to come tell you the truth. Because it's only the truth that's going to set you free. It's only the truth that's going to set you free. I take this very seriously. I got out of my way. I sacrificed my time with my family to come and be with you. To sow this into your life. Because I know what God is doing here with you is vital. I know what God's doing in the San Angelo area is vital. I'm not saying He's not doing it elsewhere, but I'm here because He brought me here. I'm in your lives because He put me here. And you've got me, whether you like me or not. That's why God gave me an accent, so that if you don't like me, then you won't understand me. I think. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? Can you... I'm not being critical, judgmental. I'm not being mean. I'm, I'm just, I'm on fire inside. Jeremiah says, it's like fire shot up in my bones. People, we're in a serious place. And you know what? All the false prophets are out there prophesying destruction and doom. But I'm telling you today, not for this house. Not for the saints of God. Not for the saints of God. Because there's more for us than those against us. There's more that God has for you. He's given you the spirit. I don't care what your battle is. It could be marriage, it could be relationship, it could be business, it could be finance. It could be battling with the identity, it could be anything. It is nothing compared to the victory that Christ won at the cross. Nothing compared to it. God's answer to your battles was brutal. The struggles that we have as humans, God's answer to our struggle was brutal. What did he do? He crucified his son in place of us. That's what a God we have. That's what a lover of a God we have. That he took his only begotten son and crucified him. That was the answer to your and my problems. I mean, I'm a parent. I would never crucify my children for anybody's sake. But this is the God we have. That he took his only begotten son and crucified him. And let him be beaten so that you and I have the answer to our problems have the solution to living in a sinful life, to be able to be redeemed from the curse of the law and brought into the law of the liberty in Christ Jesus. I, I think it's phenomenal. I have to take my head off to God and say, yeah, God, you're a much bigger man than I am. Can you, is anybody out there? Can you hear what I'm saying? Or am I boring you? So I prophesy this of you, that every single one of you, that you would have an encounter with the Lord, that you would see like you've never seen before, that you would hear like you've never heard before, that you would dream and that God would speak to you through your dreams, that God would speak to you through your visions, that God would speak to you through circumstances, that he would declare his will for your life. 
even though you feel like you're blinded to it, that God would not leave you alone. He would pursue you. He'd chase you down. He'd hunt you down until He gets you. Because it's God's purpose that you will live and walk and reside in His kingdom. It's His desire that no man should perish. But everyone should come to the knowledge of the fullness of the salvation of Jesus Christ. And so I declare to you today that you're going to go out here. And you may forget what I say, but the Holy Spirit is going to be on you. He's going to have a laser target on you. And He's going to pursue you for His purposes. Because you are His. He's got the title of your life in His hands. So I want to tell you today that whatever your problem is, forget about it. I just pray today, Father, that you bring... uh, into them today a forgetful memory of their past, their history, their problems but show them the glory of how you've walked with them through their life from the day they were born and conceived to the day that they stand here, that you show them where you've been on that journey, that you reveal to them Father that you've gone before them to make a way for them, to prepare for them a place that they will not be struck down in this situation Father but they would rise above it because of who you are So I declare today of every single woman, every single man, every single boy and girl, every single person. And if you don't think you're a person, I just declare to you today that God has made you a person. You're not an animal. So Father, I just declare your love to them today. And I thank you today that there will be a DNA change in every single man, woman and child here today. That the DNA right now is in transformation. And I declare that to every single one prophetically. So every single one of you have a prophetic word now. All together, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lord, just impressed him on me to do something a little different today. Uh, Ed, would you come forward? Basil, Vaughn, I know you, you can rest for about two seconds. Okay. I had a man come to me yesterday and said, I would love to be anointed and prayed for by the elders of the church. Well, all the elders are here today. And so, that's what James says to do. When he's sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church. So, if you have a physical need this morning, we're, gonna, we're just going to have you come up here. and We're, we're going to anoint you all. Ed, you can just get the oil and... Collectively, we we are going to pray over you. Fred's one that he came to me and asked for this yesterday. So come on, and if you if you have a physical need, we want you to just come from on this side. Just line up over here, and we're going to come down here. We're going to pray for you, and we want to just speak the word of the Lord over you. Now, here's the other thing I want to do. If you're on the ministry team, could the ministry team come to this side over here? If you're on the ministry team to my to my right. Because if they need additional prayer, we want you to pray for them as you as they have a need. 